Welcome to episode 439 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 439 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning? Top of the morning. Did you have a swim? Had a swim. Good swim? 3.2 Ks. Yep. Oh, that's a big swim. All done and dusted. Yeah, what, what, what kind of sets did you do? 12 times 200, 3 steady, 1 IM. Oh, really? So how's the IM going? It's good. Yeah, yeah 50 fly. Gives a little bit of fatigue in there. Yeah, a and my, mate, my mate John is, is back. He's Who's been John? away for five months. Is missed it? all my Ironman build, and he comes back when I don't need him. Who's John? He's my, my swimming buddy. He just turns up at the pool and does just some random swimmer. And he's yeah. a good swimmer, is he? He's better than me. Oh, really? Just a little bit. Just a little bit better. Just good enough to be a training partner, which you yep. really need leading into an Ironman. Exactly. And he wasn't there for you. John, sharpen up. Yeah. How's the calf? A little bit better. I, t- I did my I did my thing, sort of. Uh, Your strategy of run started, through it, <laughs> run through it, and then funnily enough, yesterday I was coaching at a school, uh, Hornby High. Good old Hornby High. I think we used to have trouble with Hornby High. Yeah, and uh, I was demonstrating a few things, thinking this is a really stupid thing to be doing, and then later on in the day, my calf felt better than ever, mm. like jumping and stuff and hopping on one leg. It's all about Willis. Jeez, it's hard to pick it, isn't it, John? It's it hard is. to pick it. Okay, guys, uh, I'm talking proudly brought to you by. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Be okay, bit, hold on, hold on. Oh, back Be up. excited. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm excited. We've got a new feature in the show. I did see week. that. I thought we had to kind of find some cool music to use with it. Okay. The only problem is we've up, well, Apple upgraded GarageBand, which is kind of cool, but a lot of the jingles aren't so obvious to find. So hopefully I can find something that's appropriate mm. for our new our new section. So we've got, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. Statistic. 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 No, that's wrong, actually. That's the bloody... So the spell check is supposed to be statastic. Statastic. Yeah, oh. So it's stats and it's fantastic. Oh. Did you think of it yourself? I kind of did. I was actually... What was funny was I was driving home by the last week. Now. By the domain. By the domain now. I was driving home the other week and I was thinking about... Um, some sort of stats. And then on the radio, um, on the... Breakfast show, the sports breakfast show, yeah. had something similar. It was like stats. The crowd goes wild. Yep, it's fantastic. Yep. And I thought, that's a great idea. And so each week, I'm going to try to come up with an interesting little stat okay, about so triathlons. So is this going to be one of these these new sections that lasts no, two weeks? And no, I have permanently put it on my template. So it's coming every week. So that's reminding me. Wow. I look, and I'm fascinated to see what well, we'll be doing I'll, this six months from now. I've got a good one to start off with. Yeah, well, the first three weeks are always easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Those uh, recipes. <laughs> I would have yeah, the recipe book. Where's that, where's that coming out? <laughs> um, are we doing a website of the week? Yes, yes, we are. And we've got Coach's Corner. Yep. This is the topic we we're going to do last week, but didn't end up happening. And then we've also got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, so news. First of all, news. The big thing is that there was no races happening last weekend, but the big news probably was that Ironman Arizona sold out on site as a not on the internet site as in, in the location of the race. And we're going to have this as a discussion of the week around whether you guys think this is a fair way of doing it. So if, for those of you that don't know, if you go along uh, to 
many of the it seems many of the North American races, and I'm not sure about the European races. It doesn't really apply in New Zealand. They don't have on-site registration. I don't know about Australia. They don't. Do they? No, oh. no, they open it up um, later on. But what they do is, if you go along and you volunteer uh, to help at the race, then you get the opportunity to volunteer, or I believe to race. Hopefully, I get that right. Then you can sign up for next year's event on-site uh, the day after the race. This year at Arizona, boomcha, sold out. If you were sitting at home, so wait thinking, a second. So it's if you volunteer, mm-hmm. you, you're kind of first dibs, are you? Yeah. And then if you've raced, it's just that they've got it there anyway. No, I think you've got to do one or the other. I think if you just rock up to town and you want to sign up, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble here. But I, I, I sure. believe go to the bedroom, <laughs> sit in the naughty corner. I believe you have to do the volunteer or race, and then you can sign up. But I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, feel free to email. Like through it might just and we'll be the fact it. that they've got entries open there that people just jump on board. Well, no, there. I don't think so. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I'm yeah. just kind of curious. Correct us if we're wrong. But I guess the whole um, idea around this is, is this a fair system of doing it? If you go and volunteer at a race or you race, you get first divs. If you're sitting at home and you want to do the race next year for Arizona, you're screwed. You've got no opportunity. Your thoughts? Uh, we'll cover that next week. Well, it's not a discussion of the week. Yeah, it is. It's oh, you turned into a discussion of the week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just bringing the topic up now as an item of news. I didn't, I didn't actually read the discussion of the week. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Good to see you. My bad. Peace. My bad. Uh, we've got Bahrain coming up in two weeks, but we've got iampredictions.com. It's ready to roll. It is. So we're going to have a bit of a feature on Bahrain next week. You've got to say it properly, though. Bahrain. 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 Next week. And they have got a stellar field lined up. So Torsten at tryrating.com have got their IM predictions. So that's im-predictions.com up and you can go through there and pick your winners. And it's a bloody hard race to pick because A, it's incredibly competitive and they've got lots of really fast dudes, but B, you've got no idea what sort of form people are going to be in. Yeah. So, you know, people, are, my, my, my gut feeling is someone like a Marinda Carfrey is not going to be in great form after Kona. You know, she's going to go out, celebrate, have lots of sponsorship commitments. Um, Hubby was racing in Arizona, so I'm picking she's probably not going to be in great shape. Uh, but it's really hard to know, you know, guys, again, like Jan Fredino had a great Kona and, you know, he... He would be the clear favourite out of this field, but if he's been doing nothing since Kona, then that's a bit of an equaliser. Um, but then you and then you've got your guys that maybe didn't do so well in Kona. You know, guys like Tim Reed, who seventy point three specialists. If they've been training up a storm, then you know they could take guys like uh, like Sebastian Keenley and um, and Jeez. Jan Fredino and stuff. But do so, you, but you think someone like, like a Keenley, you know, he's done it all this year really, and. Uh, if you think someone like Keenley, if he's going to turn up, like why would you do the race if you don't think you're going to have a chance? You know what I mean? Like it's a I'm long. Sure he thinks he's got. I'm chance. sure. I'm sure there's good kind of PR being there, and, and I'm sure Challenger loving that you know, the world champions there. But I would say the motiv- the motivation to train really hard after Kona is probably not. Of course, ten points to have Keenley. <laughs> you know, like that's pretty. Oh, it's bugger all. I didn't pick him. I don't think I did my picks. Yesterday. So how does it work? Is it, is it you pick the top five? So the better athlete is less points or more points? Uh, less points. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then on the girls' side of things, again, absolutely stacked field. You've got a couple of short course girls stepping up, and then you've got your 70.3 specialists like Annabelle Luxford. Nikki Samuels? Nikki, yeah, Nikki Samuels in there. She could be a real 
interesting one. And Barbara Riveros is another ITU girl. And then Jodie Stimson, who earlier this year was just crushing it on the ITU circuit. Or then, you know, Jodie Swallow, she's been a world champion over 70.3. So bloody hard race to pick, but get amongst it on IM prediction, im-predictions.com. Okay, John, I've got a question for you about Buck Green. Buck Green. Um, are you going to watch it? I will make, uh, what time of the day will it be on? If it's a suitable time of the day, I would say... So it looks like a time bar Morning, I think it's going to be middle of the night. If it was an appropriate time of the day, I would have it on. You know, I have uh, often have Ironman races on when I'm, you know, on a Monday morning. It's basically two hours ahead a day behind. So it's 9pm there. We're currently recording at 7 in the morning on Tuesday in New Zealand. So I guess my answer would be depends what time of the day the race. It probably starts at 7, so it's probably about now. No, but it's nine o'clock at night over there. Yeah, so it'll be the other way around. So it'll be about nine. It'll be, be about five in the afternoon, won't it? Mm. Yeah. Possibly. Yep. So if that, that is the case, I will see what sort of coverage they've got and check it out. I'm I do, just I do think it's going to be a <clears throat> running race. I'm just kind of curious to see um, what will happen. Is like, will the world want to watch this race? You know, like it. Far out. We've always said, you know, more fields, stronger fields, and, and WTC have done a great job over the last few years to create these championship races that have meant we've had more races where we see the top guys there. This is as good as it gets, really, isn't it? You know, like maybe a few people missing, but it's a good, interesting field because you've got a bit of a mix of everyone. Tell them what needs has turned up. Yep. Yep. Um, but, you know, like I'm just kind of curious to see what the interest in outside of Bahrain will be on race day. Like how many of you guys actually listen to the show right now are actually going to make an effort to watch this race? I would imagine not a huge number. Would people if people would make the effort? What I, where I think a lot of people would make the effort is if they then they do a one hour highlights package and put it on YouTube. Yeah. And that's where you're going to get, you know, big big numbers of eyeballs watching it. So big numbers of eyeballs. There you go. So get ready. Bahrain is coming next week and we will be looking at the field in a bit more detail and going through the course and uh, I thought the road was Victoria bit... if you're listening tell us if there's going to be really good live coverage or not okay uh, I thought there was a um, it was a challenging bike course no it's not it's, pan- it's, a, it's a pancake oh, okay. course okay uh, we've got Ironman Cozumel coming up in uh, a couple of weeks as well uh, we've got that coming up this weekend oh is it this weekend and okay. probably that so last year we had the winner a big the, pro field yeah I know Last year with course record uh, overall, we have Ivan Rana, 8.15. Last year's winner, we had Michael Weiss. He went 7.55, but the reason that's not the course record is last year they only had uh, half the swim taking place. Joycey took it out last year in 8.52. Women's course record is held by Von Van Vlerken at 9.06. And I think the most interesting part of this race for me is on the women's side, and it is going to be how Nicola Spirig goes. She is the Olympic champion and is trying her hand at Ironman. And your thoughts? Well, I would say, you know, if we look at... Um, this year we had Daniela Reef making the transition across. She was a fairly obvious choice that she was going to do pretty well at Ironman because at ITU distance she wasn't an absolute rock star, but she was probably a little bit like Nikki Samuels. Although Nikki Samuels has had a stellar year this year. Um, what do you think? Reef, Reef was over? a fantastic bike rider, so okay. you go, you're probably going to do pretty well. Uh, you don't have to, you know, you have a steady run, you have a great swim, and you have a fantastic bike, so you'll do pretty well. Spirig um, is probably not quite as strong on the bike but a better runner, uh, so I think she'll probably do pretty well. Uh, she also had a, pretty pretty sure she had a kid 
uh, either this year or last year. But so like at a race like this, she's definitely going to go well unless she kind of stuffs up. Yeah. It's more in the stellar field kind of races. Yeah. So you, on the girls' side of things, she'll have Michelle Vesterby uh, probably have she'll probably catch her on the bike um, if Michelle Vesterby's a good good swimmer and she'll probably I would imagine catch up so she'll have somebody to ride with outside of that the rest of the field you've got Diana Reiser Kelly Williamson and Erica Chomor in there so you know not really outside Michelle Vesterby not many top 10 Kona girls so yeah I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to come out of that race is she going to be another force you know she's a, a Sato athlete and she's probably probably spent quite a bit of time in Cozumel because they have uh, uh, you know, um, Sato has a bit of a team based over there, so yeah, going to be pretty this, interested to see how that goes. Is the team was it Team TTTBB? Is it still around at all? Still around, but you know, there's not too much noise coming out of them. But yeah, they're okay. still floating around. But we should do a bit of an update on that. Yeah. On the guys' side of things, we have Clement Alonso McKernan listed down here, but he raced last weekend and finished second at Arizona. So be interesting to see if he doubles up and tries to give it a crank. But he's seated number one um, on Torsten's ratings. You got Michael Weiss and Bas Diederin and Victor Del Corral. So those four there, pretty. Pretty solid athletes, and we'll be interested to see how they go. I'm just trying to pull up 10 TTB. Um, TBB. Yeah, as Bevan was saying, a big field on the guys' side. You've got about close on 40 athletes, and I suppose for me, the probably the one athlete of interest there is number six, Matt Schrabot from the States, another ITU athlete making the switchover. He has done um, at least one iron distance before and hasn't done amazingly well, but he was he's a real hammerhead from the ITU days. He's good good swimmer. Solid runner, not spectacular, but he usually got tried to just smash it on the bike and break away. So if he can figure out Ironman, uh, I think he could go pretty decent. I think it's a lot smaller than what it was, John. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, sure am. Um, okay, uh, let me go back to my show notes here. Ultraman uh, Hawaii is coming up this weekend. Oh, as well. this weekend, and so wiping off the love field. Have they changed the course? I have not seen any news. I did a little <laughs> bit of a check yesterday, but apparently, uh, in late October, so a couple, of, oh, yeah, a few weeks ago, that sort of stalled the the lava flow, um, and so it sounds like the course is on as usual. And so just hope it holds out till May. With people who don't know much about Ultraman distances are. So you go double the swim. So I haven't got it in front of me right now. Uh, you say something, Bevan, and I'll it's get it right. Okay. I think it's 10K. Yeah, it's 10K. Gonna, it is 10K. I'm going to check that out. So you you swim. No, because do you know how I know that? Why? Because the age group of the week did it. And she swam 10K the first day. 6.2 miles. And then biked 170K. What are you watching? This is the Ultraman side. They've got a nice oh. little, let's get in the mood. Oh, mate. I'm just going to go get my lay, go get in my lay, get laid. <laughs> Julie Shelley there, Julie Shelley Woods. She was, uh, she won an Ultraman earlier this year. Uh, so yeah, we've got a 261 mile bike ride and a 52 mile run. And I think probably the most challenging part of this day is... Well, the, but the bike is split. So you do 10k on day one, 150k bike, and then day two you do 170k bike. Mm. And then you run 84k on the third 84. day. And the run is basically from... Wait, turn your mic around. Look here. You're falling to pieces, mate. Falling to pieces. There yeah. we go. Uh, the run is from Harvey to Kailua Kona. So you basically finish You finish on the old airport, which is just down the road from where the pier is. By the pool. By the pool, yeah. yep. And man, that is one hard-ass run. <laughs> Bike ride at this race, fantastic. You've got beautiful variation. You go all the way around the boring island. Run, wouldn't it? 
Oh, it'd be painfully boring. It's just two years. It's a long straight road, isn't it? I mean, it? we say in an Ironman day, you know, you don't have any spectators out there. Yeah. But in this one, you literally will have zero spectators. They won't have road closure. There is a reasonable amount of traffic going along there. Yeah. That's, that doesn't keep it interesting. Man, that more just makes you crap yourself. That is hard day at the office. And you've got a long, you know, fairly long downhill to start. I mean, you do have the undulation, so it's not pancake flat. If that What's was, the longest run you've ever done? Have, have uh, done more than a marathon? I would say distance-wise, that's the longest. The longest duration was when we got lost in Queenstown on Epic Camp. Oh, we did get lost in uh, I think that was four and a half hours, but that was run-walk. I ran that whole day. Yeah. I did run that whole day. We yeah. had a good run. Yeah. John Jury. Yeah. We McGordon and I were going up the hill and we were killing it. And then yeah. we turned John Jury's here. Yeah. Played John Jury. <laughs> and then uh, and then we all got lost, didn't we? We did. It was, it was meant to be like two hours, wasn't it? Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the carnage was happening. Damn signage. Department of Conservation New Zealand. <laughs> Pick up your game. Oh, good times. Okay, so it's pretty much this week's news. It's quiet time of year, isn't it? It is. And we've headed into the quiet season in the Ironman world. Okay, John, so let's do this week's discussion. I'm just going to pull up on my Facebook. So the discussion was, we got it from Peter Colson, and he was just wondering what have been the triathlon scandals that have been happening over the years. Stuart Martin Lawrence was saying, Lance nearly getting into our sport full-time, biggest scandal avoided. Well, he kind of did get into our sport. Well, and someone actually responded to that. Andrew. Five replies. Oh, my goodness. Where is that? It's the first post I've got. Yeah, but where's the replies? You click on replies. Just do I need to give you a Facebook lesson? Oh, no, I looked at Andrew Cunningham. Uh, Mark uh, Cuthcat said, nearly, he raised uh, 370.3s and the current IM CEO, who was previously the RD for Argman, uh, um, sorry, Amgen Tour of This California. was fascinating. This is something I did, did, did not know. So Amgen Tour of California is where Amgen You even put the post on there. I, I did, did not know that. I post on this. So Amgen Tour of California, I, I don't think it's called Amgen Tour of California anymore. For those that didn't, don't know, it was kind of the biggest cycling tour in America and they got all the pro teams over and Andrew Messick was CEO and blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was a good little tour and yeah. Tour of California was you know, it's, it's a good event, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's one we always hear of. Yeah. But what I didn't know is Amgen, the title sponsor, is a producer of EPO. Oh, really? <laughs> That's just wow. taking the piss, isn't it? That I mean, is... they, they do a whole bunch of other uh, pharmaceutical so what, the, products. The pharmaceutical company, Yeah, they? but they one of their key things is they produce EPO, and I just thought that's wow. pretty entertaining. Can you make it more obvious? Yeah. <laughs> that, oh. so, and so they offered a million-dollar bounty for Liv, Liv, I'm sorry, Livestrong Foundation for Lance to complete a full Ironman. So yeah. and it got and it obviously got very very close before everything kicked off. But I just thought that was fascinating. But Amgen is, yeah, is, is, it was a title sponsor. Very interesting. Andrew Cunningham's just being nasty. John not following through on his bet. What was the bet? Not, oh, what was my bet for not finishing in the top kind of top five? Actually, uh, Andrew, sorry, I thought you were being nasty. I can't remember what the bet was. I think you had to do something. At the, uh, yeah. I did that. That's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. it's the talk of the town. Yeah. Good old Matt uh, Wernock has got a, a Virginia Bersatelli and Lisa, uh, Lisa, sorry, how's it? Halfala. Uh, proof that there is enough money in triathlon to dope and that, in spite of what we think, triathletes are just as likely to lie about doping as any other pro-athletes. Um, Funny that oh, it's all women who have been caught. That's Christine McKinley. It's a good point. What uh, Michael Weiss has been done, but I think that was before he came into triathlon. On the guy's side was of things... Was he a cyclist, was he? Uh, mountain biker. Okay. On the guy's side of things, there have been a few cases, but 
nothing to that level where you know we've had we've had a number of well Michael Johnson's got Nina Craft losing the Kona title and that's probably the biggest one wasn't it it was yeah, yeah. Um, remember the coverage remember the coverage that year mm. on, so on the NBC coverage so what happened was Nina Craft for those who don't know this is probably 10 years ago now isn't it well, it was the year I went it was 2004 oh, four, no you went five five yeah yep. so did you know that yeah because I went 2004 but um so she won it Yes. And uh, they had all this coverage, so they show her winning it, and then at the, at the end of it, there's just a note at the bottom: she was disqualified because she cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, probably yeah, it was pretty probably fascinating. Could have made they a bigger, didn't bigger deal on that. Yeah, they really didn't acknowledge it. It was a real side note at the end. And she has made a comeback into the sport, and she's won Ironman since then. But she's older too. She's quite old now. Isn't yeah, she? but she's certainly not never got back to that same sort of level. Despite winning Ironman, she, she didn't get to back to, to Kona winning performance. And I don't believe she's ever been back to Kona. Oh, just one thing: Jen's due. Olsen gave me a hard time about saying Frodo. He's got Frodino, not Frodo. It's his nickname. Frodo is his nickname, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone says Frodo. So just and saying. Mal, just while we're giving kicking people while they're posted yep. on our Facebook page, <laughs> Mal Saltiel said, "Tut tut tut, boys." No mention of Challenge Foster on the latest podcast. Is it Forster or Foster? Oh, one or the other. Because <laughs> you're going to get in trouble either way. <laughs> but it's it's a half distance. We some we, we we just use our discretion about half distance races. We sometimes throw them in. Do there. a real eye man. Do an eye man. Yeah. Uh, righty ho. Okay, uh, that was a joke too. I don't want a hundred emails saying that you work hard for that. Phil, <laughs> challenge Foster was a half. Phil Scott, uh, somebody pinching my gels and run shoes in transition at Bedford Priority Middle Low. Very low. It was a big scandal. Come on, let's get some proper scandals. Okay, who we got here? Um, Arnold, how's that one? Selikov. Selikov. Uh, the fact that only 2.5 of the revenue is paid out as prize money by WCC, or maybe the brilliant 70.3 coverage. A.e., there was no 70.3 coverage, yep. and prize money is poor. Christine McKinlay cranking out in the pool this morning. Bridget McMahon's EPO bust five years after apparently winning the inaugural Olympic uh, apparently after what she won the Olympic triathlon in Sydney clean yeah right I would say that she didn't get slammed as much as she should have that was on my list of scandals but she got caught a lot after the fact doesn't it yeah that, which you know yeah but I think there was a general feeling that maybe she was on it beforehand so of course mm. oh well I don't know Allegedly, <laughs> yeah, of allegedly. Uh, Try man Jack's got uh, Maka copped a lot of shit in 2012 for recruiting a bunch of good bikers to work with him, attacking the bike in the crosswinds and take away Crowley's run. Some would say it was a scandal. I would say it's good racing. What's your thoughts on that? I hardly. Th- I don't think he was exactly paying them or thinking. He was just laying down to a smackdown talk and probably talk to people. Mac, well, Mac was, was good at influencing the field for his own yeah. advantage. It, it would be a different story if they were all tucked in a, in a slipstream and they attacked off the front, but it's still draft legal. But and, yep. the, and the thing is, in all fairness to Mecca in this situation, he was probably right to say to everyone, if we let him go, hmm. you know, we, we've heard our sim- only chances to work together. We've had a similar, we had similar stuff coming out. You know, Hamish Carter talked about, you know, how the hell they were going to beat Simon Lessing, and they did kind of team up on him a bit and sort of, um, you know, attack one after the other, just trying to get away with them. So, yeah, um, good, good. It was a little bit of a scandal, but yep. still within the rules. Uh, Glenn Newbolt, uh, I'm in Arizona selling it. Oh, yeah, we just talking about this one. Here's, um, obviously there's been many bad scandals it? Yeah. when this topic came up we heard James McBean said Nina Craft Matt Tench said Nina Craft um, Shannon Heath said Nina Craft <laughs> drug and spice so she got one uh, Peter Coulson here's one Ferris's mother asks Macca to leave her son alone in an article <laughs> on uh, Triathlon Europe I have to say Matt writes here's the scandal <laughs> and I uh, have to agree this after being at the Queenstown Marathon this weekend 
Why do so many race directors never have enough porta potties? <laughs> it is true. Yeah. I was at the marathon and it was, it, was, it was a pretty miserable day there. And I was at the marathon start because they had a different start for the marathon and a half. Mm. And the line was like bloody hundreds of metres, probably a couple hundred metres long. And uh, and they had like eight porta loos. Mm. And you're kind of thinking, come on, team, invest mm. in a few more porta loos. Some of that, you, you need them for about a 30 minute window. Yeah, but you, you need still them. need them. And yeah. when you've got a full, massive field, I mean, I think, yeah. I thought Kona was quite good. I didn't. I didn't have to queue for too long over there. Good work, Kona. Yep. Uh, Peter Colson. Wasn't there a race where two twins swapped places during the race, and one did the bike, and the other did the run, and they won? Oh, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, Mark Kath- uh, Kathka has got. Do you mean the Puntos twins in Canada? They actually came uh, first, one, second. One, so there's no question of them cheating. So maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, James Botel, the recent headline, oh, he's got two. Some of the false uh, positive drug tests have detracted from the sports, uh, perf- the performer's performance. Uh, and then he's got, or oh, the recent headline, triathlon hit by drone. It was actually, it actually happened. Think about a small four-rotor drone with a camera versus guided missiles predator drones overhead. Damien Brewer, I don't think the biggest scandal has come out yet. I'm sure someone really big will get busted for drugs. Um, Maybe because the money is not there at long course for it to be an issue yet. Most IM pros seem to struggle to put food on the table and get from race to race. Can I, can I? You can do whatever you want, Bevan. Okay, there's... uh Dawn liked this one. She gives lots of thumbs. And uh, <laughs> Reg Bollard's got wearing, uh, making us wear singlets with our Tinley Speedos, LOL. So do you think one of the reasons we don't have many scandals in our sport is there's not much media in our sport? You know, when we think about the media of our sport, it's not like we have investigative journalism no. looking to a deeper level of the behind the scenes of our sport. Mm. If we were, let's say, gridiron, and there was this much public attention on our sport, maybe there would have been a lot more scandals because there'd be a lot of depth or a lot more depth in the reporting of our sport. I think, hey, there's not that many pro triathletes, mm. whereas most other sports have, you know, if we think about just rugby in New Zealand, how many professional rugby players are there? You know, yeah. there's there's hundreds and there's probably only, you know, hundreds of I wonder how many pro triathletes there are in the world. Pro? Yeah. I reckon you'd probably say Maybe oh, guys and girls. It kind of depends how you define pro. I'd probably and say five hundred. And if I'm if, and if I'm saying pro, I'm talking people that really are doing it for a living. They're not lifestyle. Oh, in that case, lifestyle 10. athletes. <laughs> yeah, but it would be you know if it's it was if it was minimum. if it was more than a thousand, it would be so you know it's it's in the the low thousands to to hundreds. Uh, so it's not that many. So I think that's the main thing. As Bevan said, there's not a massive amount of media. There's no. Um, well, the media's very friendly to the pros, aren't and they? And there's probably no. There's no money in, in terms of going out and doing investigative journalism and trying to find a, a lot of dirt. Uh, and we're just a niche sport. We're yeah, not that, we're not that big. We're just a, we're uh, just a poor cousin, aren't we? If if a story came out that uh, you know some Kiwi triathlete who we think is quite good has been done something really out there, is it going to make the mainstream media? Probably not. Mm. So let's look. So if some pro who's racing this week, if, if they were Olympic champion, maybe. But if it's just some half decent pro, then I don't think there's going to be too much of a story. My list that I had uh, written down here, and one thing that people didn't put down there that there's been a reasonable amount of scandal around is quite a few court cases around Olympic selection primarily. Oh, yeah, true. Happened, especially uh, in Australia. Especially in Australia. So we know we had uh, Emma Carney, who was a multiple world champ. She missed out on Sydney, I think. 
think, or she missed out somewhere. Was it a really poor case? Oh, it was just so hard. I mean, I think that was the stage where you had five. It was the World Champs in '99 was um, the year before the Olympics. I think it was '99, and they had five girls Australians. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, the top five. Yeah, oh, and wow. so it's like. But how does a winner not get there? Um, I don't, she wasn't the current world champion at that oh, stage. Okay. So she had the best pedigree, but she wasn't in the greatest form. And so they went for other athletes. So you can kind of see both sides of the story. I know Emma Snowstall, she also had a battle, I think, going into London. The same sort of story. She wasn't at the top of her game, but past performances, you'd go, geez, man, she's just incredible. And if she hits form, she's the best athlete in the that? world. But no, she didn't. And then also a, a more... more current one we had you know Jodie Swallow who's doing well at Ironman and she got selected in the 2004 Athens Olympics and coming off the back of being this amazing junior and again she was battling with injuries and, and form issues leading into that and she had a lot there was a court case around that as well so I think a lot of court cases a lot of them involving, involving Australians. One thing that um, also didn't get pointed out uh, by anybody here and has been shown up in a couple of our Legends interviews when drafting became legal, yep. apparently that was just massive. Yeah, scandal. Uh, scandalous. It? You're ruining the sport. Ruining the You're sport. losing what we are. Uh, then we had all the drug cases. I had that written down. Um, mainly, probably the two biggest ones was Nina Craft and Bridget McMahon. And then the final one that I just chucked up there, maybe more topical for this year, is you know Pete Jacobs this year. A bit of scandal around there oh, yeah, about the comments that Andrew Messick sort of flippantly made and uh, yeah that's all I had and some Nothing relationship, ma- relationship scandals yeah I mean, that's, not really that's scandals break ups. I mean obviously yeah. you know Peter Reid and Reed. Laurie Bowden that was were, a big one but wasn't it but yeah there was nothing scandalous oh, involved don't the think. scandal oh, that's right oh, that's right God what about <laughs> No, let's not make it rumors. <laughs> no. Yeah, so so there you go. So this week's discussion, so we were talking about it earlier in the show, and uh, I read my notes so I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, if I'm in Arizona selling out on site, is there a way, a fear way of doing entry if we know that this is going to be an ongoing thing? Mm. Mm. I want to talk about it, but we're not allowed to until oh, next no. week. So uh, there we go. That's this week's discussion. Sponsor. We know that you go extreme endurance – the standard extreme endurance, your muscles are going to get looked after. But yes. some of us are getting a little bit older and some looking after our muscles. What, when do you get old, John? Well, like you and I, we're what, mid-30s? I'm now moved into late-30s. I think once you crack 40, you're, yeah, 40 you're over the hell. Old. You're over the hell. I've got a year and a half to go. Oh, well, I've got, I've got a couple of years. Um, so obviously we know we get we all get sore muscles from, from racing as we get older. Insides actually start to get sore at your joints, and that's something extreme endurance. Unfortunately, it's not going to help you out with their extreme endurance product. But ah, but wait, there's but more. Wait, there's more. There's extreme endurance or extreme joint four. It's thirty one fifty. Save the time on money by signing up to their automatic delivery, and it's only twenty nine fifty. Painful joints and muscle soreness from overtraining. Extreme Joint Four is a scientifically based formula of four proven ingredients that support the nutrition of joint, synovial fluid, cartilage, and connective tissue. The word, this world-renowned formula is extremely effective in easing joint discomfort and reducing inflammation. So, yeah. Get on it. I well, haven't quite reached that stage where I've needed to trial this product yet, but I know... Well, a year and a half, apparently. In a year, year and a half time, half, you're going to be locking I'm in. I'm going to be doing this massive order, and we're just going to have a container ship arriving in New Zealand, and I'll have my lifetime supply. It is um, it is the thing that you, you do hear aging athletes get on these kind of products, and they're really, mm. you know, they're really, you know, especially for impact movements, mm. you know, so... So if you want to just make your, your, your joints 
ease the pain a little bit, get on Extreme Joint 4, use the promo code IMTALK5 and you get five bucks off and jobs are good. Well, basically, if you're over 40, go buy it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the deal. Okay, guys, it's uh, extreme or xendurance.com. Yeah, you know, you know, they're sharp. Are we going right, to go, go try and find some music? Yeah, I must. I must. I must improve my bust. Wait a second. Here we go. Uh, okay, I'm going to try and find some music. We've got a new program. They've upgraded GarageBand. Yeah, yeah. Just, just just learn the program. Well, I, I spent a few hours on it learning it. I bought a, I bought a manual, John. Oh. Yeah, and then I bought the manual, and I figured it out without looking at the manual. It's a waste of money. Okay, uh, here's the music. Uh, yeah, so the music, the jingles aren't the same, John. You see, what you're going to find, all podcasters tend to use the same stuff, so you're going to f- suddenly find oh, all their music is going to change. Uh, rock and blues. What was it, what's it's it? fine, it's adequate. It doesn't even have our um, our, our, our theme song. Oh my goodness. So I had, to, I had to go and create a version of it, and oh, it was a lot of work for me last week, John. I put hours into oh, this show, hours. Yeah. We got an email through from Michael Scrag, and he's got, hi guys, I'd like to nominate my partner, Melissa Uri. Crazy partner, not crazy. any sort of partner. She's, she's a crazy she's, partner. Well, you don't say that about your partner. Oh, yes. She's crazy. Oh, she's a bit crazy. Don't go out the crazy ones. I remember when I was younger, I had a girlfriend, and John, she was a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair. Yeah. A little bit mentally unstable. Right. <laughs> and uh, but she don't was beautiful. Talk about Joe like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but she was the most attractive girlfriend I'd ever had to that point. So mm-hmm. I was I was fooled by looks, mm-hmm. and um and it was a bit of a disaster, fair to mm-hmm. say. And I remember my mate said it to me afterwards, Bev, don't go out the crazy ones. There's a lesson there. I don't think Melissa's crazy in that way. Well, let's find she's, out. She's getting there. Now, recently completed the grueling t- uh, 10K swim, 420K bike, and 84K swim of Ultraman Canada. She swam 84K, said she? Or run. Yeah. But hasn't got run there. Yeah. So maybe she did swim it. You said swim. Yeah, I'm not sharp. Uh, in 33 hours and 10 seconds, oh, 10 seconds over, to complete the event in itself is an incredible feat and watching her cross the line as a part of her crew, I would not have been more proud. But what is probably more incredible is the journey Mel went through to get to the start line. In December last year and some eight months out from the event, Mel was door, car doored by a motorist while out on an early morning training ride. This resulted in compressed fracture in the L, uh, sorry, T12 vertebrae and for the most, the racing became questionable except for Mel. Determined not to let anything stop her from achieving her goal that she was going been working towards for five years, the next day she was back into exercising, albeit walking to the letterbox to check the mail. By the end of the week she was at the swimming pool slowly walking laps of the block uh, to keep her active. Mel managed to recover well and get back into full training as she was four weeks out from Ironman Ken's, the main leap in her uh, main lead up race to her Ironman I mean, Ultraman Canada. Uh, she had another bike accident resulting in a fractured wrist, five stitched, uh, stitches in her chin and some nasty grazing on one side of her face. Mel stubbornly, as always, managed to convince the doctors to cut her cast off her fractured wrist the date before flying to Ken's for the Ironman so she could complete and complete it she did. Uh, now starting standing on the beach of Penticton, Canada, about to undertake Ultraman, I was surprised as anyone that she still managed to get there. The race itself was not without incident either. Day one, the 10k swim went... Uh, 
uh, with no drama to speak of, the 150k bike was in a 35 degree temperature that's Celsius uh, with some nasty wind. Day two, backing up from day one, Mel uh, needed to complete a 270k bike ride. This day was hotter at 37 degrees. 270k is in 37 degrees. Oh. And this isn't a flat course. The last four hours saw Mel vomiting and not really being able to keep down anything down. Know that feeling? Yeah, well, for four hours? Mm. <sighs> Mix that with a couple of punctions and more wind. This day was, ext- uh, the wind this day was extremely tough. Mel finished, but there was a tr- was truly cooked. In normal circumstances, she would have got an IV and been fine. IV. IV, sorry. Uh, however, Ultraman states that you aren't, if you receive an IV at any stage, you receive a DNF. Oh, that's interesting. Which is fair enough. Yeah, but totally. um, it's, it's a challenge of the race, isn't mm. it? Uh, so not wanting to take a DNF, Mel shuffled back to the hotel for some rest and attempted to rehydrate. Day 3, 84k run, a double marathon. Still feeling shaky from the night before, I knew Mel would start the day, but finishing in 12-hour cutoff, I wasn't sure of. But she did it and with time to spare, but the last three days of exercise had taken a toll and we all had to take Mel to hospital for a little overnight stay and four IV bags later, she was released from hospital but unable to walk. I had to piggyback her to the car and then to the car to the hotel room. An amazing event to be a part of as a crew, but an even more amazing effort to witness uh, from Mel. So do you think she's crazy? Yeah, she is. Not yeah, you're, you are yeah, crazy. Stay away so from the you crazy can ones. call you can call Mel your crazy partner. Well, that is an amazing effort, isn't it? Like Ultraman is a cool event, you know, and, and the way it's put together, it's kind of got its own little challenges. But that little, temperature, yeah, you know, like yeah. far out, thirty-seven degrees. I think that's there's so, so many things here. You have two bloody crashes, breaking all sorts of bones, and you just keep picking yourself up and and go there. Possibly not the most healthy healthy state at the end of that race. Um, no, but, but uh, hey, you did ten, ten points for determination and craziness and completion. Mm. Yeah, I still think running eighty-four k's. She was especially obviously not healthy when she started that run. Yeah, especially when you're that depleted from the day before. 270 k's in 37 degrees. 270 k's is a long way to start with. A, a just to ride it. B to try to race it. C to try to do it in 37 degrees. D on a on a re- reasonably challenging course. Give me an E, John. Give me an E. And E, there's probably not many people around you because there's not that many people that do Ultraman, so it's probably a solo ride. John, she's a legend. She's a crazy legend. Crazy legend. legend. So, Melissa Uri, you are our age, age group, group of the week. week. Okay, John, but we've got new music. Get ready. Oh, Get it's ready. A, it's exciting. Here we go. Some stat. Fast, what is that? We're going to go with statistic. Statistic. Statistical, and it's fantastic. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's the music. Statistic. <laughs> Sounds like fantastic. It's, it's statistic. Oh, there we go. There's even a byline that goes with it, John. Yeah. Oh, you're taking it to the next. We've never had a byline before. Unfortunately, it's going to be a pretty short section each week because it's just one statistical fact, but maybe we can discuss it a little bit. So, this week's statistic. Last weekend, we yes. had Ironman Arizona. Yes. Sold out. Sold out for next year. And we had a winner on debut, Brent McMahon. And one of the things about him he went and set a course record but one thing that 750 was it 750 
55, I think it was. Yeah, okay. 755. But one point that nobody really alluded to, except for as far as I could see, except for, I think it was good old John Leveson on Try 247, because I popped on there to see his update on the sub-8 men, and he pointed out that Brent McMahon, this is our stat for this week, set the fastest debut Ironman time in history. Wow. At Ironman Arizona. Okay, so do we have the old one? I'm asking oh, questions I shouldn't ask. asking questions you shouldn't I should no I, no, I don't, don't have any clue. Okay. On debut, I don't, and I don't know. The problem is he has to retire now because yeah. the only way is backwards from here, isn't it? It is, but he'll be able to keep have that claim, fastest Ironman on debut until somebody goes and smashes he's, it. He thinks Ironman's easy. Turns yeah. up, does the 755. How many people have got? We've got four, 38 men have done. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's, another, stat that's another stat for another day. Oh, okay. Don't go running all my stats on one section. So basically, you're going to use this one web page for the next six weeks. Yeah, you, 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 you catch on fast, <laughs> young Padawan. <laughs> um, that's our stat for this week. Brent McMahon sets the fastest um, debut Ironman in the history of our sport. <laughs> and try 247, needs some bit of credit here, dot yeah. com, check it out. Yeah, I would say that when we look at this list, and this I'm not going to pull out any other stats, but pretty much all, all the events is that all those sub eights are either at Rote or Klagenfurt. Uh, there's a couple at um, Frankfurt and Florida, but you know, in terms of Arizona, it's not your, you know, your seven seven forty type course. So he had to work for it, and it was a windy day. So good on you, Brent McMahon, and we'll be interested to see what you can pull out next year. Okay, very good. Well, that was uh, our new that segment. Was that was life-changing, John. I feel like I'm a new person. <coughs> You're enlightened with statistical knowledge. Oh, mate, I just, oh, the stats just blew my mind away. Okay, then, um, maybe you can send us through some stats. Yes, feel free to send, send through stats, but don't get any of them off Try 247. Because <laughs> that's our next, that's getting us through to 2015. Yeah. Okay, then, here's some more music for country. I'm going to go country, John. Cool. Here we go. Coach's Corner. What was the new jingles? Is they don't have fade out. Ah. It's basically just a loop. Yeah. <sighs> Come on, Apple. Pick up your game. Yeah. They've, 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 they've basically said podcasting's not that important with the new GarageBand. Mm. And, and let's be honest, that's the main reason people use GarageBand. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Doesn't matter because we'll make it work, Jombo. What's the, what's the cost? We, we had an email in from Matthew Elliott, uh, brother of Billy. Oh, you're opening the door again, aren't you? What? <laughs> you're opening the door. Here's what he's got. Uh, What's your thoughts on the paleo diet now? And do you still do the diet? Looking at to lose those little bit of weight before my training starts, getting ready for Ironman UK next year. P.S. Cracking show, guys. Uh, listen from episode one, and sometimes I talk in a New Zealand twang just to piss the missus off. <laughs> What's a New Zealand twang, John? Do a New Zealand accent. No, you've got to listen to girls with a New Zealand accent. They just crack it. If you get a, when you go overseas for quite a long time and then you come back, and you just listen to some of the girls with a really strong accent, and you go, oh, really? not too sharp. We don't sound this sophisticated as Kiwis, do we? Well, some of us do. Well, yeah, no, yeah, obviously John and I do. A- anyway. So wait, so you want to open the store up again? Well, it's going to get really open quite significantly. I just, I've seen what you've done here. You've given, a, you've given an overview of everything. I have, but I'm um, planning on starting a nutrition degree oh, so over the next five years. Five years? Well, part-time over five years. And so this t- nutrition could start oh, coming up oh, a little bit more. Well, you should almost pull this and we should keep this note aside of this day because it'd be really interesting to see your, as your insight increases because nutrition is a lot of science. Do you like your science? Yeah. 
But what's going to be interesting is just going to go into an institutional setting and seeing where they sit with all these, not necessarily fads, but, you know, things are moving quite fast in terms of, you know, um, you know the stuff Noakes is going on about. And it'll be interesting to see if they're jumping onto that very quickly or they're going to go for much more a traditional approach. So oh, yeah, I haven't I, got I, it I had yet, a friend so who was know. a personal trainer and she was very much into the, you know, all the fads and all the rest of it. And then she started doing hers and she totally changed her opinions. Mm. Yeah, so it was... It was Maybe I will. Yeah. Time will tell. Well, we're about to see where your opinion is at right now. So first thing I'll say for Matthew is um, I never did the paleo diet, never even got remotely close. I did it for two days. Did you? And I thought I'm not paying this for me. <laughs> um, I, I was just curious to see how, how hard it would be to do. For two days. <laughs> I gave up quick. <laughs> I don't have to worry, I'm healthy. You're so not healthy. I never did the paleo diet. Um, what I did... And what I've continued to do is basically reduce my carbohydrate intake and up the vegetables and up the um, fruits as well. So I decided I'm going to do a quick summary so we can sort of put this one to bed for a while. I'll do a quick one-line summary of all the diets we've covered. Now wait, but are you giving an opinion on these diets or are you just saying here's a summary? Uh, I'm giving my opinion at the end. Okay. Okay, so paleo basically says... What I say, we can't eat anything that wasn't around in Paleolithic times. We've also done high fat, low carbohydrate. That, that, that is as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> that, so, so, wow. That, that's the summary of the Paleo diet. For the, the new summary of the Paleo okay, diet. So, so you can't is, eat anything that wasn't around in Paleolithic you, times. You, it was so quick. You, I, I thought you were continuing. Like the next line, it was a totally different subject. So no, you no. maybe say full stop at the end of each full one. Stop. Okay, so Paleo, let's start again. Paleo? We can't eat anything that wasn't around in Paleolithic times. So full rule, stop. Full stop. That rules out a lot of things. It does. Second full no stop. No Coca-Cola. High, uh, we've also done high fat, low carbs, which basically means, as it says, you're excited about this, you can't eat any carbohydrates. You are blowing or, my mind Or away. you minimise the amount of carbohydrates. These are all the diets we've covered. Now you can't eat carbohydrates. Full stop. Full stop. Yes. Vegetarians. Oh, you can't eat, hard work. can't eat meat. <laughs> full stop. Again, joke vegetarians. Vegetarians Ch- are quite sensitive about these things, but aren't they? Yeah. 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 Uh, China study. Meat is bad and you're going to die of cancer <laughs> if you eat meat. Some guy I know really poured into there for a while. <laughs> you are going to die if you <laughs> full, eat meat. Full stop. Academics. Was it Castigens? Yeah, so we, we did look at the China study. We've had a well, you looked at the China study. We've had a number of academics on, and yes. they've been thoroughly interesting, but none of us have really given us a no, straight answer. They no, said, they've all contradicted okay, each other. Um, that diet's okay, that one's okay, but nobody said, eat this and you'll be sweet. So the academics can't tell us what to do. We've also had me, uh, metabolic efficiency guys on, and uh, Bob Sebahar, etc., and they've really talked about periodising your eating during the season and during your day, and a lot of people find that seems seems to work. You went around that path of it, didn't you? Uh, to, yeah, to a degree. You know, certainly, again, at the moment, you know, I'm trying to have less carbohydrates. If I have a, a really big heavy day, then I don't stress so much about the carbohydrates and go for a little bit more. Full stop. Full stop. Sports nutrition companies eat lots of our products. Hey, they're always right, John. Full stop. Because I've paid for your mind space. And then we've got the environmentalists. Ah. Eat local, organic, reduce agricultural intake. Yeah. Um, look, af- look after the planet. Full stop. All of those, so that's how many we got there. We've got about six or seven different areas we've kind of looked at. But one thing, if you take one group out, if you take the sports nutrition companies out. Wait, wait, wait. we've also got the Scott Molina theory, full mm. stop. Always drink some beers, yes. full stop. Full stop. Yep. 
if we take out of this group the sports nutrition companies, because that's all marketing and you don't believe anything that they say, if we, if, we take <laughs> that, if we take that out of the equation, what we've found is that what is universally agreed on, on whatever diet that you sort of go on, of all the ones we've, we've, uh, we've listed there, is reduce your sugar intake. And that's actually starting to gain some traction in New Zealand, thank God, oh, after, yep. after what seemed like an age. Would you look at how you can reduce your sugar intake? I think the thing around that, they, they had that, did you watch um, the Nigel Ladder? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, Nigel Ladder is a, a, a psychologist, psychologist who's kind of branching into. He's, he's got a big media presence in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and he does. He did a series, Great. a socially conscious series on different topics, and it was it was brilliant actually. Um, and he did one on sugar, and and, and the the point wasn't so much that. You know, that to have a piece of chocolate occasionally is such a bad thing. It was just that all the processed foods have so much sugar nowadays mm. that people don't realise they're eating so much sugar. And I suppose that's your second point, really, isn't it? It is. So reduce processed foods. Um, again, you talk, you know, you, uh, I remember Neil Scholes from Performance Edge in the UK, he got a bunch of opinions off pro, pro athletes, mm. coaches. And this, is a, this, this stuff came through with just about everybody's advice was reduce your sugar intake, reduce your processed foods, and eat more vegetables and natural products. Yep. And so all of these diets above, no, none, of them are, none of them are right. So wait a second, do we go the John Newsom diet full stop? And then Three go, rules. Okay, the John Newsom. oh no, I've got more than three. Don't do your five-year degree. You've done it. (laughs) So what John says, uh, if you want to look at trying to improve your diet, then first thing I recommend for most people is keep keep a food log for a week. Don't change your diet, whatever. Keep a food log for a week and see what, and and it will become glaringly obvious. I think the one thing, the only problem with food food logs, and this is really important, is that you don't change your habits. Totally. Because it's the recording of it that makes people change habits. Mm. So often, like as a PT, you'll get people to take a food log. Not really, you know, A, there's an awareness that comes with it, but B, it actually makes them, oh, jeepers, they, they reduce, you know, they change their eating habits. But if, if what's the purpose of doing this here is to get a good oversight of what you're doing. So, you know, in the afternoon when you normally would have a snack, when you may not want to put that in your food log, mm. but actually it's really important if you want to get the most value out of this to actually write down everything and maintain totally. normal habits. Absolutely agree. Uh, so that's, this, is, this is what John says, keep a food log for a week, Eat, not eat what you normally have and then do. you can just look at it yourself and you'll probably go, sheepers, didn't realise I was quite eating that much bread or didn't realise I was eating quite that much uh, you know, chocolate biscuits every day, yep. um, things like that. So that's point number one. Point number two, fat is not evil. And this really, just, I, just sorry to take it one step back. There's probably some really good apps that do that nowadays. I bet there is. Yeah, so, so maybe just go to an app store because, you know, the nice in the past you could just write down, but also nowadays I imagine it'd be apps that actually break down nutritional, mm. you know, what's actually going in. And yeah, then they might, yeah, might be able you to. You might be able to say, shit, because I am putting a lot of sugar in or, mm. or mm. so on. Um, fat is not evil. <gasps> I, was, I was getting on my soapbox on uh, Saturday. I was on the Bacon Buddy stand at, uh, at the, the kids' school fair. So wait a second, Thornton did have a few. They did. Yeah. Bastards. We had a bigger one. Ours was massive. Did you make much money? I don't know yet, but there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Bacon buddies buddies were going strong. Were they? And I was saying, this is good stuff. You know, there's nothing wrong with a bit of fat. What about the bread? Yeah, bread, you just got to just moderate a bit. But (laughs) fat is not evil. You only get a quarter slice of bread, lots of bacon. (laughs) Sugar is a problem. Fat is not evil. Okay. Uh, And then the next one is challenge tradition. Do you break that down and say certain fats are? Uh, Obviously, your good fats are better, but... I still don't think, my opinion is, uh, yeah, just don't be, obviously if you just go and eat fat all the time, then that's not a good thing, but don't be don't be afraid of fat, be more afraid of sugar. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty scared. Uh, I've got some sugar challenge tradition, so, you know, 
for us Kiwis, it's diff- slightly different in Europe. But you know, we it's very traditional. What you have for breakfast? You know, you have your cereals yeah. and you have your toast, yeah. and, toast and all that sort of stuff. You know, t- some of the stuff like Tim Noakes is coming out with. It's just it seems bizarre to have like some tuna for breakfast or something. Yeah. You just pe- you just think that you can't do that. Well, you've been but, brought up this way, John. Yeah, you've been brought up. So that's fine to challenge tradition, and uh, that's okay. So you don't have to accept what everybody else thinks is normal. According to my wife, I do, but um, but, <laughs> but it's okay to challenge tradition. Uh, Wait, is she getting annoyed with your eating habits? No, but uh, let's, let's not go there. Uh, re- reduce your processed carb intake, as we said earlier. Bread, pasta, etc. There's no, in my opinion, there's no need to eliminate that. Uh, that, but some people find it elimination is sometimes easier, especially on the bread front. You just go draw a line and you say, I'm not eating bread. I haven't done that, but uh, I've basically tried to create some boundaries. With I basically have two two slices of bread a day is uh, is what I allow. I don't have bread every day, but I say I'm gonna have two slices of yep. bread. So I really think if you can start to reduce that processed carbohydrate intake, uh, I think you're onto a winner. But in my opinion, you don't need to eliminate it. Reduce processed sugar, as we've said, within reason. Still fine to have treats, but as Bevan was pointing out, there's sugar in most processed foods. So just try to reduce those. As I said, reduce your processed foods as much as possible uh, and then go get some good natural cookbooks for some new ideas because it comes bloody hard to come up with, you know, especially when you've got kids, you know, trying to come up with different things all the time. You kind of tend to have your, your, your 20 recipes that you just keep repeating. So yep. go get yourself some good natural cookbooks. Unfortunately, we don't have an I Am Talk cookbook because uh, people, people are dragging it. the chain. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and then I would say don't blindly believe companies trying to sell you the latest, greatest thing. You know, all these diets has been hype around them. Um, just figure out what – there is no right answer. Just figure out what's right for you and then do your bit to try to help the movement to cut sugar from the general population's diet because I know a lot of us want to have this immaculate bodies for triathlon. We want to reduce our fat percentage. But the problem we've got in society is so many people are just bloody eating – Sugar, 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 carbohydrate, 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 and we're ending up with a bunch of fatties. So do your part to try to convince people that sugar is bad. Okay, so in five years from now, mm-hmm. we'll do the segment again. Deal. And uh, will they... What is with this bloody thing? Have you had a cat crawling all over my oh, uh, pop it's, filter? It's, it's molting. Hair all over my face I think all it's the time. probably a chair more than anything, mm. because the cat's starting to molt. Mm. They just they leave their fear everywhere. Thomas wants an, an animal oh, happening in our house. really? <laughs> Oh, that sucks for poor kid. No, it's just we're not having an animal. No, no, but it's because of his thing, isn't it? No, not really. Oh, really? I just don't want animals. But it's a good excuse, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually said to him, Tom, it's got nothing to do with your allergies, not having any pets. Oh, where's the love for your kid? <laughs> I said, we'll get you an invisible goldfish. <laughs> they were selling them at the fair. Some mum came out and said, my kid just paid two bucks for an invisible goldfish. Well, what was it? A bag of water with a little piece of weed in it. <laughs> That's a great... Great fear gag. But the guy, that I was reading, they've done in the 70s, a guy did the pet rock. He made millions. Oh, yeah. Millions. Yeah, fluff everywhere. What are you doing? So, Bet Yes, Bevan, we can come back to this in five years' time. I'll have the exact same opinion because if we go back to episode one. What's the point still, of doing your degree then? Uh, I just, I love the science. Oh. Uh, yeah. You're such a scientist. I'll do five minute appointments. Come to my office. Well, you're right, Don't eat sugar. The original part of $1,000. See you later. Thank you, sir. See ya. 
Wait, wait, back it up, back it up. When do you start your degree? I uh, don't know. Yeah, it depends if I get in or not. Oh, yeah. you, have to, you have to apply. Yeah. And I Tell me about that process. Oh, no, you just put on an application, but I, I think it's first come, first served. It's not necessarily the strength of the, the, the caliber of the I don't applicants. know who you are. They probably listened to the show. I did add a little covering letter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what it's like you have all these people who apply and then half of them will drop out within the first week oh the so, peasant kids who have no commitment so to life they're an adult don't student don't get John. me started you're an adult student so the government pays for that no Tax. the government doesn't pay for that I'll be cranking out lots of money to go for my no, no but the government fund it yeah part fund it yeah, yeah. no I'm not about you I'm, I'm happy for my taxpayer to go towards you good but the peasant kids who are just there to muck around in life don't get me started so wait a second so if you do this yeah. part time what's the story uh, how many hours a week? To be confirmed. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be twenty hours a week. I think once you're a mature student, yeah, you, know, you can yeah you, know, you can do it at home a lot. There'll only be a few hours of lectures a week, mm. and uh, were well, you doing a CPIT? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'll just have to knuckle down and make it happen. Wow, John Newsom, the mm, brainy nutritional guru. Yeah, that's right. You're about to write a blog. I know. Yeah, you just find your own Maybe angle. Even do a cookbook. Maybe <laughs> we should do that on the show. It's not getting time. I am talk branding on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? Just people don't help. <laughs> <laughs> you said you designed a nice cover for me. Don't see that coming. Uh, for Take, all those, all those people, you're already a bloody cat. <laughs> all over my face. For those people who, who committed, because quite a few people sent us through recipes, didn't they? Let's have a look, shall we? Have you, have you got the file? Have you? Recipes, cook, cookbook. Let's see what we got here. Recipes. <laughs> How many you got there? Looks like quite a few. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'd say we've got about twenty-five. It's enough for a book, isn't it? Yep. The photos weren't all that good, but were they? No. People sent photos of their recipes, and and if you don't have a good camera, it's hard to. Anybody can do a book these days. <laughs> <laughs> How hard can it be? <laughs> Speaking of books, go to Amazon.com. <laughs> a fitness attitude. Ah, oh. oh, good times. Okay, then. Um, what are we at? We are there you go. You can all get skinny just by following my diet. There is no right answer. We've had all these bloody people on talking, and it's all been good stuff. Not not, not putting them down at all, but there is no right way of doing it. It's like the right way is your way. It's no uh, perfect Ironman race nutrition. Unfortunately, you just got to figure it out. But if you follow my general rules, you and what's as close universe, as you'll get. If you generally just reduce your sugar intake, I think that's the one single thing you can do to try to get your body. What about alcohol balanced. consumption? You haven't even mentioned that. Well, I'm going to. I just had said that. I think it was, what's today? Tuesday. I said it's Sunday to Blinder. Right. I'm a weekend drinker only now. I'm cutting okay, out Monday, you, Monday, Monday through Thursday. How much were you no drinking? Good to me. Oh, not copious amounts, but you know, a couple of bottles. There's always, there's always an open bottle of wine so in the fridge. How you deal with life? So, yeah. what's your strategy to not drink our wine then? Just don't. That's my strategy. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> but do you replace it's, it? No, no, I just said drink water. You should, what you should do is put some Coke in there. No, <laughs> no, sugar. no, no, no. <laughs> oh, wow, are you missing it? Because it's a ritual thing, isn't it, the wine? Uh, Joe likes a glass of wine. At I'm, only, I'm only on day two, so I'm, I'm coping okay. It's like your bloody paleo effort. Two days is okay. <laughs> two, two days. Wednesday tomorrow, oh my God. <laughs> Three bottles. Mm. Okay, there you go. Let's put some music on. Here, here's some more new music. Website of the week. That was pretty. It's called Contemplative Synth. 
Yes. Wow, it's, it's just, um, if you're out there biking right now, which I imagine a lot of you are, watch out for the Magpie, first of all. Yeah. And then second of all, I imagine you probably just went into a zone. Uh, Belinda had a suggestion yesterday. She oh, said, well, what are you talking about on the podcast tomorrow? I said, oh, it's not going to be our strongest show. There's not a lot going on. Wait a second, John. But we I have think, our money. This, this goes in the top ten of all time. Top ten of all time. How's that fluff going? She said, uh, <laughs> why, why don't you sing a Christmas song? I said, it's, mm. I'm learning a Christmas song on the keyboard. Who to Carve Tree? No, you no. Um, the, 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 the Pogues. Oh yeah. It's doing your nose and it's annoying me. There's going to be some f bombs coming out soon. More than one. Right. You should see him. He's just playing with his face up. Right. This week's. I got a strategy. Why just move the microwave just a little bit? Just a little bit. It's a pop filter. We have these round circular things that go on top of our microphones, thanks to Audio Technica. Audio Technica rock. John, and you know what's all good about Audio Technica? They're amazing. Mm. There you go. That was good. <laughs> that was right, good this week's point. website of the week, uh, I think it was Peter Coulson. Sometimes you get emails and it just says Peter. I assume it's Peter Coulson. Oh, it's always Peter Coulson. He's, <laughs> anyway, a, he's a big deliverer, I mean, uh, content deliverer to the show. Triathonlive.tv. And this is yes. basically the ITU's channel for all the World Triathlon Series races. For you guys that are going into the Northern Hemisphere winter, and especially all you Americans who have had to deal with that snow in the last week, we, don't, we, we get all their news all the time, damn Americans. Yeah, well, I, do, I do sometimes wonder, why do we need to, New Zealanders need to know about that bit? Yeah, I know. What, I, are, you, you, what know, are you doing over there? I'll put the video on. Listen, ah, listen to the cool. drama. Talk to our talk. I like this. Drama. So triathonlive.tv is basically their paid channel uh, where you can go on and you can watch as much ITU stuff as you want. Now, as we've discussed in the past, sitting down sometimes and watching a two, sitting in front of your TV and watching a two-hour ITU show, if it's just ho-hum stuff on the bike, can be a little bit uh, a little bit boring at times. Yep. But when you're on a trainer, you just want something to watch. This stuff is fantastic, and it's not particularly expensive. So wait, do they? Do, what does it cost you? Uh, right, well, the one thing, it's this, the, our I'll find feature, out, John, you, oh, the get access, if you're in the UK, for a single pass, so that's just for one don't event. Don't single pass. Oh, don't do it. No. It's a waste of money. Five bucks? Yeah. Win for Euro, 20 Euros, bucks? Euros, is it? Or, or pounds. pounds. Yeah. So US dollars, you're looking at 25 bucks. For a season. For a season, John. And there's a lot of races, and the thing is, it's, if you do sign on, then you can go back and look at past coverage. So if you're knuckling down for a winter on the trainer, sign up for this, and you can go and look at all the past coverage as well. And there is some fantastic racing in there. If you want to get a little taste of what we were going to talk about today, they've come up with it. There's a couple of free shows on there. So if you go onto their website, you can look across the top, and it's got all the different years of their coverage, and there's also a free section. And they have on there now the 25 years history of triathlon I haven't actually watched it back to back but I did a little uh, skim through before and it's gold and it is free so go triathlonlive.tv I'll put a link to it on www.imtalk.me and this is brilliant it goes through what, why on earth WTC doesn't do something like this is beyond me it basically goes through every year every world championship a tiny little snippet of who won it goes all the way back to 1989 and it is gold well, we, we haven't watched it all. I started watching it. I, I watched the first couple of races within it. It was pretty cool. Mm. Mark Allen mm. ran down Rick Wells. First Rick Wells was doing great off the bike. He had a minute yep. on him. And then, I have to say about John, mm. they didn't look like they were running that fast. When you look at how the runners are running now, no. in comparative, like what speed were they doing? Oh, I still think they were good. Mark Allen was a fast runner. Good, good. So good. do you reckon we can get the, the splits for that result? What's that, what what but, year was that? 
Uh, 89. Triathlon. I, I still think they went pretty fast. World champs. Yeah. It, it used to be, uh, I'm going to put a number out, I'm going to say 33. Results. So wait a second, 1989? Yeah. If you went to triathlon.org, it'll have it on there. Okay, well, wait, hopefully. So 1989, we, I, reckon, I still think that if you give me the year, every year and the city Avion. was in, Avignon, France, yep. I still think I can name all the male winners. If up to about 2,000, I reckon I can get every one. Girls might struggle a little bit occasionally, but I reckon just about every year I can get. They don't actually have the results. Uh, male, pro, elite men, let's have a look, elite men. Mark Allen. Mark Allen. Him. Okay, what do we reckon he ran? I'm picking about 33. Yep, 33.07. <laughs> Rick Wells ran 30. Yeah, but like, uh, Miles Stewart ran 32. Yeah. 32, 30. Um, but now they're running sub... What sub 30. Yeah, now they're running what? Yeah, it's a different ball game. They're, they're running 29. I ran 33 at the Bleed Timaru Triathlon. Yeah. Course accuracy at Timaru. Hey, and a, a rolling point. course. Yeah. You know, uh, Not right. denying the rolling, denying the accuracy. Oh, come on, John. Where's uh, the love? So there you go. Uh, Triathlon.tv. Live.tv. You know, what's the, they're consistently getting under 30s, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's four minutes. Mm. You know, so like it was just you're looking at them and they did, it just looked a lot slower. Yep. But having said that, Mark Allen, their times in Kona run times, sure, still a different race. If he was racing in the current crop of athletes. So uh, what was the distance? Was, was it still aged. the same? Yeah, yeah. Yep. 15, 10, 15, 40, 10. By that stage, they'd, they'd sort of settled on that. Glenn Cook. Yeah, he was a British guy. Yeah, he got second. He took over Wales. Mm-hmm. Wales would have been gutted. He would have been. We've talked to him about it actually. Mm. On, on he won the year before the first unofficial world champs in 1988, I think. Oh, that sucks. Yes. Why was it unofficial? I think they kind of had this world body set up. Maybe we should go back and listen to our Legends of <laughs> the, the show we with, did Rick, on with Rick Wells, where we actually discussed all this stuff. But yeah, guys, if you're getting on the trainer, this stuff, it's pretty inexpensive. Triathlon Live. TV and you can go back and look at all last year's stuff and obviously when next season kicks off you can go on there and the cool thing is you know you can fast forward through bits if you want to um, but they have got a couple of um, free ones they've got the 25 year anniversary and they also have Hamburg from from this year um, the elite men's race and they've got the 2013 or the 2013 Hamburg race and 2013 season in review so it's all good stuff check it out to triathlon live well back it up TV. John back it up back it up what do you reckon Aaron Baker ran that day 37 flat 3724. Oh, pretty good. good. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm not denying it. You yeah. did pretty well. She biked the 103. She was actually behind off the bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jan Ripple ran pretty well because mm-hmm. I was watching this yesterday. And uh, But Erin was too strong in the end. Good. Did a 210 flat. Exactly. Nice. So there you go. I wouldn't mess with Erin Baker. Nice one. Okay, Jumbo. Uh, question. Sponsor. Oh, sponsor. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I wasn't looking at show notes. Athlinks.com. Tell me about it, John. So I was going to start getting into my running once my pesky calf sorts itself out. If it I wasn't did, for that pesky calf. I did run about two Ks on Saturday. Yeah, seemed, seemed okay. Uh, and so I st- How far? About two Ks. Mate, you're off the bike. Backyards. You should do an Ironman. I should, I should. Um, and so just went on to Athlinks, just sussing out all my old times. I haven't got that many run results on there, so I do need to crank up my running because most You've of You've got a couple of 5K races, haven't you? I have. I've got a couple yeah. of 5Ks. So it's just 
you know, if I was to go, need to go back and find out all my times, it's on different websites, take forever. So if you keep them all on Athlinks, you can go back and go, boom, 5K. I've got four race results up there. Best time I've got down is 16.13, so I want to get under 16 minutes for that. Um, 10K, I've only got four races up there. Best time, 34.38. Should be better than that. I should be 30, under, under 34. And then I can just quickly scan through and see all my run times, all that I've got there. And then if I want to go and see what my old uh, training buddy there, Phil Patterson's up to. Oh, what's he up to? And then uh, he'll no doubt uh, jump on the bandwagon and be doing some, some marathons with me next year. And then I can just chuck his name into Athlinks and I can suss out his run results and then we can lay down a little bit of a marker in terms of uh, what expectations should be and some, some handicaps. So his yeah. marathon, 2.55, that's weak. When, <laughs> when he can run a 3.04 and an Ironman, only nine minutes Is difference. that his best marathon? Yes, that is currently his best marathon. So when he's nine, he's only nine minutes slower. So what that's saying, he's a very good triathlon runner and he hasn't yet run enough marathons to run a good marathon. He'll be much better than 255. Oh, so weak, Phil. You're weak. So and the love? You should say, you know, he's, he's a work in progress. Actually, in his half marathon, 123, I think he ran about 124 in Auckland, 70.3. And so again, weak. He doesn't like going faster. Well, no, it's actually, it's not weak. Oh, now it's you're changing your mind. Now you pick on him. It actually shows he's very, very good at running in triathlons yes. and has not yet got the the run results to back that up. So you can go on, look at your own results, all keep in one place, and then you can go and look at your mates and you can uh, suss out what they're up to and how much better you're going to, or how much you're going to crush them by. Yep, okay. There you go. Yeah, Athlinks.com, keep everything in one place, keep it updated. Um, I have to say, mm-hmm. um, you have to say that, do you? Wouldn't want to be Australian rugby team right now, would you? We wouldn't want to be any rugby team if you're playing the Mighty All Blacks. We did the not. The Mighty get... All Blacks. Did you watch that game? I watched the Wales game. Oh, that was. Thought you were in there, Wales, didn't you? you thought did you, you, thought you had a chance, and then, and then we just pulled your pants down in front of the crowd, just it's... like we did with the Australians. We didn't mention that last week about just. Uh, what was this? The Luke. The Luke. The Luke. It's a good week to be a Kiwi. Oh, it's always a good week to be Lydia a Kiwi. Lydia Coe became the women's world number one, or you know, biggest golf earner for the year yesterday. Yeah, and, uh, and Valerie Adams got named the uh, uh, athletics champion best athlete of the year. Yeah, female. No, 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 best athlete oh, of the year. Male and female. Oh, I don't know if it was best male as well, but, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it is. Yep, so, good so week to be a Kiwi. I'm reading this podcast, I mean, this piece on uh, uh, why uh, podcasting is not making much money. <laughs> Right, good. So yeah, just yeah, don't to show guys. Oh, nicknames. I haven't done nicknames. <laughs> I only got to this email before. What, 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 what am I going to do? You got to do a couple of nicknames. Did you do some? Yes. Oh, bugger. Athlinks.com, check it out. Keep all your run results in one place. Questions, Questions and answers. answers. Okay, the Outlaw Triathlon is sold out, isn't it? I don't news? know when it's sold out, but I was just... Isn't it um, news? Isn't it about the top? Oh, I don't know when it happened. I was just on their website looking at somebody's result who raced last weekend and I just saw it sold out for next year and I thought, well done, Outlaw Triathlon. Good okay, work. well, we got an email through from James the Wise One Botel and he's got, Bev and I'm guessing that Gary Fagan would never send you details as fundraising, but I can't help but think that Mr. Consistency Constant Deliverer is worth a plug at the beginning or the end of your show. I was moved by the story of little Cormac, his son diagnosed with a form of muscular dystrophy. Dystrophy. Dystrophy, sorry. Uh, Gary's Facebook post below moved me to donate because he is, it's so easy to connect with the message and understand as a father what he might be going through currently more importantly he is doing something about it and has raised money for research that for cures and prevention 
would you please, uh, would you expect anything from the constant deliverer? I'm sure you might get a lot of these types of requests, but perhaps it comes when you're in softer mood or... Uh, Newsom without a knee has had a beverage which will that's going to be the weekend now oh I'll cover my donation but uh, can you give him one or two minutes plug on the podcast for Gary's fundraising effort he's a legend of I Am Talk community and his local triathlon community the epic campers and pretty awesome dad with a very sick son I think it is a worthy shout out I hope you do so so Gary's Gary's boy and then Gary actually sent me an email I wasn't really promoting his post he sent me a beverage yesterday my boys it was my boys Cormac's birthday and I was hoping I could give a massive shout out to the I Am Talk listeners that have donated to my Just Giving page to help Cormac and the thousands of boys with the terminal condition of Duchenne oh, muscular dystrophy. Okay. Our birthdays are supposed to be a time of celebration, but it's bittersweet when you know that you have less than one year to find a cure. Wow, this is pretty hard. Uh, so very thankful for everyone who has uh, given, and a special shout out to James the Wise One Botel, Pedro the Curly Freight Train, Zach Attack, the Polka Dot Jersey Man, and a special congratulations to Zach on becoming a daddy on Friday. Oh, nice work, Zach. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was our Polka Dot Jersey winner from two epic camps. Okay, although if normally form is followed, he's probably three and a half by now. Um, a special shout out to the Pirates for their support and Adam... Uh, Adrian Barsley <laughs> for, being, uh, for being 460 miles away I will say a big uh, I should say Adrian is the best mate anyone could ever have um, so so for those who don't know basically his son's got a pre- it's a pretty terrible disease so mm. um, I did a little research uh, Duchenne has it? Duchenne? No, muscular dystrophy is a, recess- a recessive uh, muscular dystrophy, a form of muscular dystrophy affecting around one in three, three and a half thousand boys, which results in muscle muscle gen- degeneration and eventual death. Uh, symptoms usually appear in a male before the age of six and is visibly visible from an early infancy. Even though symptoms do not appear early in infancy, laboratory tests can identify children who carry the active mutation symptoms uh, at birth. Uh, basically, you know, that gets worse and worse until the point where the poor kids, you know, die. So, um, so if you want to help out, you go to www.justgiving.com slash vegan and vegan is F-E-G-A-N. And uh, yeah, it's very tough. Oh, it's very tough. So he has a goal of raising 10,000 pounds. He's currently at 5,100. So we would need to give him the I Am Talk bump. So uh, go. I'll put a link to it on www.iamtalk.me. Now it's just going to research it helps us. Um. Yeah. I, I, how tough is that, eh? Mm. Like, man, your kid, and uh, and and there's the obvious, you know, the the end point that's obviously pretty bloody horrible. But, um, you know, I imagine just the day to day emotional struggles you go through in a situation like that is pretty tough as well. So it's awesome that, you know, Cheese Vegan's being a big part of the show from day one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's we want to support him in this. So, you know, go to that link. Go to our website, www.imtalk.me. We'll put a link on there and you can uh, also donate to this pretty awesome cause. So, and Vegan's thinking of you, mate. Thinking of you. Uh, Matt Regan, John. We've had the... We've had the... Snorkel discussion. Snorkel discussion. And uh, and I will say, someone sent through an email. Actually, I should say, someone sent through an email kind of questioning my kind of... Wait a second. Talk about something for a second. I'm going to put this email. Uh, we're going to have some nicknames coming up and... Bevan's going to do some on the fly when we go through through our nicknames. Yes. And we haven't done any for a while, and I think some of them may be repeats. So if we've repeated you and given you a new nickname, you can choose whichever one you want to take. Okay. Wait a second. Keep talking. You need to keep talking. Oh, no, okay. Snorkelgate. So Dave Manley. Snorkelgate. He was just saying, it was, it was interesting because we had that email 
well, you, you did your rant and then yeah. uh, who was it? Someone else kind of came and said, well, I used a snorkel and it got me through the first period and I kind of we, we, I kind of said, well, I don't think you should. Um, you kind of agreed, didn't you? Yep. Yep. Uh, and David Manley came back and he said, I've been following the, with interest the snorkeling story over the last few episodes. I'll be honest, I had no idea that some events allowed the use of them. The only time I've ever seen them referenced to in race rules was explicitly banning them. Like Jeff Martindale, I get called claustrophobia when swimming and I've tried to rectify this for years. I gave up sport for a couple of years because of it until I changed my approach. Rather than using a breathing aid, which I completely disagree with, I simply swam with my head up. Horribly inefficient, although great for sighting. Uh, <laughs> and I'm always right at the back when starting swimming. Jeez, 3.8 Ks with your head up. Yeah. That's tough work. Congratulations. I did a, a 155 swim in my iron distance race so far. However, by your definition, I shouldn't be doing a sport either. Not because I'm using an aid, but because I haven't learned the proper technique for breathing properly. Does this apply to someone who haven't learned to, to ride on tri bars or those who don't run with great form? Where is the actual line? I'm only disadvantaging myself and I'm sure. I'll be significantly faster if I chose to use a snorkel but I'm genuinely interested to hear uh, if what I'm doing is not valid and, and my, I went back to him and said no actually I think you're you're the real example of like my point was more that breathing while swimming is a part of functioning and swimming mm-hmm. and it's if you're going to have to use strange techniques to do that mm. you know like to me I, I went wow what an amazing effort you're obviously like to me that's that's that shows you know to me he's he's the example of a guy who's Chose the harder option mm. and far out. I would hate to have to swim bloody I mean swim with my head above the water. Mm. But that's the sacrifice he's made to so and if anything, Dave, I think you're a bloody legend. Nice work. And you represent what it's all about. But then controversy in the house, John. Oh, here's Contro- the scandal we're looking for. Scandal. This is the biggest scandal in the sport. Because good old who who sent this through? Uh, who, um, I haven't got my show notes in front Matt of me. Matt Regan. Matt Regan. There's evidence that you've been using snorkels. <laughs> oh, nice one. <laughs> There's evidence. Not only did you use it in the swim, but you use it on the bike as well. So, nice. So he sent through two photos, one with John just about jumping the water with a snorkel on. I thought I'd got away with that. Yeah, and then the transition out of the bike coming out of, was that Kona probably? Uh, 70, Kona 70.3. And you've got you've got your snorkel on the bike as well. So it's Jombo. scientifically proven to assist on the bike yep. um, when you get that slightly rarefied air above your helmet. It's, it's a drafting be- advantage better quality too. air. Yep, yep. It's because you've got a bit of a wind blast behind you as well. So, John, mm. stop it. I've been found out. I'll put these photos on the Hands website this week. Been found out because John, you've been, you've been, you, you, you're a hypocrite. You are. Yeah. Okay. So I we'll have to find where you. Okay. Are we going to do a full stop on that one now? Full stop. Yep. Snorkels is done and dusted. Yep. Nicknames. Nicknames. Okay. okay. Who, have, who have I got to do? The ones that I emailed through. Oh, okay. So they would be. Okay. 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 You got it. I'm making them up on the spot. Can you write them down as I'm doing them? Yeah, I can do that. Uh, right. These people have donated to the show, have they? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. I've totally, my files just got totally all over the place. We've so. lost the sponsor, so we need to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if Okay, now I'm going to put this out there, John. Would you guys be interested? Flick us an email and let us know, because last year what we did is, like, we don't make much money from the show. It's, it's very much a hobby thing, which at best pays us an okay hourly rate really isn't it mm. and um, and you know that's cool we love it and, and you guys we love what this does but you know we would like to make more money from it and it is the, the, the talk in the podcasting world is that podcasting just hasn't really got the mainstream media's advertising mm. so mainstream media still gets big advertising and podcasting while it's you know like incredibly a, effective oh and and for me like podcasting's all right audiobooks and podcasts are all I listen to mm. now like it's pretty rare I listen to a radio show um 
and I know a lot of you guys out there right now listen to a lot of podcasts and it's one of the discussions in the podcasting world is, is how do you get the money and one of the things that has come around is this whole idea of user-funded shows. And, um, and you know, we've been lucky. John's actually always been quite good at getting sponsorship for the show. But, you know, again, it's, it's you know, it's it pays us an okay hourly rate for our time. Um, last year we did the Kona thing, and it was a really successful way of getting us to Kona stress-free mm-hmm. in a way that was made it, you know, for the first time was, you know, we didn't take a loss on it, which mm. is, you know, kind of cool. Um and, and I was just wondering, would you guys be interested in doing an annual thing where we do the same thing we did for Kona, but it would be, it'd actually be a way of paying John and I as a way of doing this? So we'd do the, you know, you buy, we'd, we'd do a stupid book again. It was really just about high quality book. Thank high quality book. I remember someone did complain about the book and I was like, well, back it up. Um, but would you guys be interested in it being an annual thing where we have a fundraising event where where basically you'd buy the book, it'd be around the same price we charged for last year, mm-hmm. and somebody would get to win the trip to Kona and have the ultimate Kona mm. experience. With the idea that one year it would be about John and I going to Kona, so we'd still mm. do our biannual trip, and then the next year it'd just be a way of funding the show. Mm. Um, can you just maybe flick us an email, or maybe, maybe we'll put a post up on Facebook, and just, you know, we, we basically, you know, it's just a way of helping funding the show and keeping it going in a really good way. So if you could flick us an email or I'll put a face on Facebook and maybe yep. just say if you'd be keen on that, it would be the same price, 30 bucks. Yep. And the price would be exactly the same. You'd get the ultimate Conan experience. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just interested to see that, that you And we can. plan on going every second year, so yes. it'll help to fund us to go. So one year would just be year. about funding the show and, and John and I's time, and then the second year would be just about funding the trip. So, mm. um, but on that front, John, we have had people who are just donating to the show and they need some love. Uh, Mark Pollux Jets. I'm not sure if we've done, we have done Mark before, but I've. Uh, see, this is what he does. How no, many, no, no. How many I've got, got some gold ones okay. here. Okay. Uh, William Wicket, The Hobbit. Isn't there something about Wicket? Uh, it was some sort of, I don't know. I just mean The Hobbit because Wicket is some fantasy sort of name. What show was that from? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, anyway. That's just the pop culture here. Uh, <laughs> William The Hobbit, Wicket. This next one, you're going to love it. I'm pretty excited, John. Terence Donovan. Yep. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Do you remember Terry Teo? Uh-oh, oh, uh-oh. Terry Teo, uh-oh, yeah, I do. He used to have this program in New Zealand called Terry Teo. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And there was this young married kid and he used to cruise around on a skateboard and yeah. he was doing all these sorts of adventures. Terry Teo, Terry Teo, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then when I did start doing my research into it, because I researched this stuff, yep, uh, apparently they came out with a new series last year, 2013. Really? Yeah. If you, uh, I don't know if it was a piss take or what it was, but uh, there was a uh, thing on Seven Sharp, and if it's on Seven Sharp, Bevan... It must be true. It must be true. So... Terence, Don- Terence, uh-oh, uh-oh, Donovan. There's also a, a, a oh, that's Thierry. Oh, I've got the wrong name. Okay, uh, you got you any got, more? Uh, yep, Slade Coaching Services, <laughs> Bone Crusher. Whoever your name is there from Slade Coaching Services, Bone Crusher. The reason that is, Slade, we've got a guy in the All Blacks called Colin Slade, yeah. always getting injured, and he's breaking his bones and stuff. Although so he's stepping up lately, isn't he? he? Is. So I'm calling it Slade Coaching Services, Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher, that's a good one. Liz... Elastigirl Verhayden. Have we heard her before, have we? I don't know, but she's she's uh, does a bit of Pilates instructions. Oh, nice. Girl. That's good. That's uh, from The Incredibles, isn't it? It is, yep. yes. A couple of other ones we have had. Matthew, Prince of Pain, Holwick. Nice. Frank, the Texas Stranger, Lee, Raymond, Grandmaster, Panerio, Richard Stinger Ray. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Who did that? That's gold. No, that was me. That oh, was God. Me. okay. Of course it was. <laughs> uh, Paul <laughs> Buster Spinner Berry Gal, which is one of your ones. Okay, yeah. we've got um, um, 
Robert Flynn. Flynn? I'm Flynn? sure we've had done Robert before, but let's give him another name. I'm, I'm going to call him the Mighty Flynn. The Mighty Flynn. The Mighty Flynn. Because I used to go out and play rugby with years ago, and he was this big prop, and we called him the Mighty Flynn. Cool. And I, call, I always loved that name. Todd Green. I was thinking Morris Green, the sprinter. Who's Morris Green? He was a world champion um, sprinter. I think he, I th- yeah. So he was pretty fast. Green piece? No. No. The green machine? No. Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Top. The packer. The packer. <laughs> green Bay Packers. Oh, okay, okay, we'll go the packer. Okay, yep, packer. yep, 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 yep. He packs all sorts of punches. Green Bay Packer. Matthew Cull? Yeah. Oh, the colour, colour. You know, because you, you're, you're yeah, culling you're things. things. Yeah, exterminator. The exterminator. Okay, the the culling exterminator. The culling exterminator. Yes, <laughs> you guys can see how our amazing minds operate here. Tell you, we are we really are showing brilliance here. We often don't like to do this on a show because we don't really like to reveal our level of brilliance. But uh, Robert uh, Merrill, Robert Merrill, 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 um, Robert Merrill, the uh, robber, Robert the robber, Merrill. Like okay. Merrill Lynch. The, yeah, you know, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, they steal your money. Okay, great. <laughs> the robber. I'm listening to Tony Robbins. has brought out a book recently, Money. And uh, it's his first book he's done in a long time. And Tony Robbins, everyone knows who Tony Robbins is. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. But I have to say, it's a pretty good book. It's, it's actually very interesting. He shows you how they basically rip you off. <laughs> 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 basically, buy index funds. That's all he's saying. Right. Um, uh, that's it. Any other things, John? Sponsors? Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Okay, Jonbo. So what I want to know from you is what's your goss? What is my goss? Other than wearing snorkels. Um, other than wearing snorkels, we had the school fair, cranking that, still living with it life without How long kitchen. were you doing it? I was on I went on setup, I was setting up the crepes stand, and then I was on bacon buddies, and then I went back later on in the day to do cleanup and everything was packed up and I was like, sweet, we're out of here. How many um people came? Thousands. Oh, really? So it was pretty busy. Thousands, and they had these the bouncing balls where the kids were going in. And the ones where you get inside the balls. Kind of, they, you, you can slam people on those <laughs> things. Did you get in it? I pull off. She just got slammed. She's like upside down. And, and slammed, <laughs> oh, was she loving it? She was loving it. Yeah, she did come out after getting put put upside down. They had the <laughs> pony rides. I loving that. The pirate bouncy castles, uh, and then lots of food. Bacon buddies, bargain three dollars. Bacon's expensive. So what you is got, bacon buddy? You probably got two to three pieces of bacon we're putting on there. Good value. Hope they made some money off that stand because somebody needed to donate that bacon, and that was cranking. It was all good. Good vibe going on. That was. Did you spend a money yourself, or was it just your service? Yeah, spent a little money. And then on Sunday, went and did the find the giraffes around Christchurch. What's that? So um, what they've got around? You must know about the giraffes everywhere. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Did so yeah. What, what they've done, Christchurch, it's really cool. They've, some companies come in, and it's basically they've got these sculptured giraffes, and they yep. put ninety nine around Christchurch. Half about half of them are really, really big, the other half are sort of half the size, and they've got lots of artists from all around to paint them, sort of unique paintings. Yeah. Some of them got a real Christchurch. There's one at the airport. I was wondering what it was. Yeah, and what's cool is you can then download the app. And you can go around and basically go on a giraffe hunt. And so it's got a, a GPS, it's got, your, it's got your map, and then it's got all the giraffes inlaid over the top of the, the map. And you can go around and it's got a picture of the giraffe and talks a little bit about it and why, who, who did it and what the theme is and what have you. So you can take the kids around and you do sort of a giraffe hunt. And they were loving it. Oh, really? Because as you get closer, you can you see the, find it the and giraffe and then it, then it changes colour when you found it. And if you go around and you, you see lots of the drafts and you can go and get vouchers and stuff like that but it's just it was something the kids absolutely loved it it was like a treasure hunt for them oh, good times. so that was uh, my weekend. Take. did you do all 99 
No, no, we did. I think we did about 20 uh, just around town. It was good times. It's a good way to get around the city too, isn't it? Mm. Checking it out. Mm. Good times. So that was my weekend. And we've got to come out this weekend. What have we got? Come on, we're waiting for our bloody kitchen. I've just got another email in here. Bench oh, it's shops, still not done. Bench shop's supposed to be going in on uh, Thursday, hopefully. And, and Thursday done after Friday. that? No, then we've got to get the plumber in to connect everything up, and then we've got the electrician. So I'm thinking this time next week, I'm hoping Tuesday will be our final day, uh, and we'll have 90% of it. We'll yeah, have an operation kitchen. Are you kitchen. starting to get a vision? Are you starting to think, oh, it's Oh, yeah, no, it's looking good. We've got oh, the floorings yeah. down, the cabinetry's in, bench toppers, that what's holding the process up. Oh. Kitchen. So, yep, getting a little tired of doing dishes in the laundry. Just even doing dishes nowadays, eh? Mm. The old dirty water. Hey, mm. doing dishes is actually quite gross yeah. when you when you yeah. when you look. <laughs> do you replace the water halfway we, we, through? We go on. We we minimise the amount of dishes we're doing. We think about the meals, and if I come up with a meal plan that's got too many dishes, I get. You're not doing that. Okay. What what, what meal plan has too many dishes? I oh, just if you've got a use like a blender and then something uh, else and you've got to use two or three pots uh, not doing that on the barbecue is when you think about how you used to do dishes it was quite gross mm. yeah, like, remember looking at the water at the end of dishes I'm sure you've seen that recently we're pretty good we don't have too many dishes my mum was because my, my mum's was really funny my mum's stupidly anally clean you mm. know like one of those people like yeah. and she's a bit better nowadays but my mum used to vacuum the house twice a day that's mm. how a high level kind of anally clean yeah and uh, but the one thing she was no good at was dishes, oh, really? and uh, and she just didn't have, and she you'd be the dryer, yeah, and she'd always go so dryer job to clean it, yeah, <laughs> they, were like, they were hardly washed. No, yeah, quality control, just go take it back if it's not good enough, yeah, get it back in there. Because yeah, Joe, Joe gets angry at me when I do dishes. Even what's happening in your world? Well, I went down to the Queenstown Marathon. Um, we took about 140 runners for, for with our group, which is kind of cool. Um. It was it was a tough day, man. It was it was a it's, it's mm-hmm. a I tell you what, I I might try to do that race next year. It's a beautiful race, beautiful like yeah, paradise race. Uh, challenging course, not a fast course. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty challenging. Like the the men's in the half only did one sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, and they were decent runners too. Yeah, like yeah. It, it wasn't like um, so it was pretty. It's a pretty tough day, um, but the weather was pretty atrocious I went onto the website yesterday and I was looking at it going that doesn't look like a lot of fun no and unfortunately if you're fast it probably wasn't so bad because it was wet but it wasn't cold mm. but then after the four hour mark on the marathon it just turned to a custard <laughs> and uh, the poor buggers after that just got because it was like it was wet and it went to atrocious rain and then this crazy cold wind came through as well like kind of trees falling down, breaking yeah. down kind of wind um, Melina was there yeah I have to say Melina was looking sharp in his cool white singlet oh yeah he had a cool white singlet on nice. and he was, Melina's always got the tan mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the tan the cool white singlet yeah. I think he did about three and a half yeah um, would he be a bit what about, about, his, what about Stalker Zania Stalker I didn't see her coming actually okay. I saw her at the start mm-hmm. and she was I, stalking you that's why yeah I know well, yeah that's probably why I didn't see her because she was stalking me in hiding but I didn't see her coming Erin <laughs> um, did it I think she had yeah. about 14 I think somewhere yeah. in there Mark there um, but the highlight for me was my mum yeah. so my mum joined my get up to five group about 18 months ago mm-hmm. now my mum's always been a fit woman so you know like she, she's always been active but she kind of always thought she couldn't run because she thought she could get injured so she did the five and did ten and she's done a few halves and she signed up to do this marathon mm. and uh and it's fair to say she had a pretty tough day she cramped and you know as you oh. do yeah she cramped about, started cramping about 20 k's into it so oh. she had a pretty tough like, road in front of her now the way they designed the finish line was a bit of a stuff up because it was basically and you know the park yeah and it's kind of an overall so yeah. it's like a cricket so the the park's actually at the lowest point yeah and then it's kind of like they've got a 
a grass stadium that's not too high, but it's, you know, so you kind of run. It's like a sunken field. Yeah. So what they thought they'd do is they'd do this ramp coming into the field mm. and the, the steepness of the ramp was not thought out at all. <laughs> like it was pretty, it was pretty steep. And the fact it was raining, they had like it was carpeted or so it was yeah. pretty slippery. So, and then at the bottom of the ramp, because it was grass, everyone, you see everyone just about probably roll their ankle as they came off the ramp onto the grass. Yeah. So, you know, all day it was pretty, one lady fell over and smashed her butt, it was a bit of a laughing, but, you know, <laughs> most most of the day you were kind of, it was, most people were pretty delicate, you know. Though, yeah. You know. Well, my mum, she was kind of going a little bit slower than what we thought she was because most of the people with she was meant to be running and come in and so we were looking mm. a little bit worried and then someone pointed up and said, oh no, she's coming and my mum gets to the top of the ramp and she just comes overwhelmed with emotion. She just pumps her arms and goes, yes! She starts sprinting down oh. the ramp and you're thinking to yourself, mum, you're going to break your legs. She gets to the bottom and her foot hits the grass. God knows how she stayed up. <laughs> God knows, but I have to say, she was just so overwhelmed with emotion, and I I cried. It was it was pretty awesome, and uh, and so then she ran to the finish line. It was pretty cool, and I went behind the finish line. It was like she was on heroin. Her eyes were like like seriously, her eyes were just wired, and, and yeah. her, like she was just in another planet. Eh? It was. Mm. I was so proud of her. It was pretty cool. She didn't pick anything up on the streets through Queenstown on the way through to no. get to the finish. No, maybe she did, but yeah. tell you what, it was it was, it was pretty cool. My mum was fifty six, and to do her first marathon was you know pretty awesome achievement. And it just kind of it was one of those things you know, when you've been around sport for a while, you've kind of, kind of forget how important those moments are for, mm. especially for new people. Mm. And uh, I was pretty proud of my mum, so it was pretty cool. And then uh, and then next day was beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. So yeah, and then yeah. Other big news, John? Yeah. Band's going into the studio. Nice. Yep. By late December, maybe I'll be able to put a, one of our songs on the show. Cool. Sounds yep. good. Yep. You guys can have a listen to what our band's yep. been up to. So. Nice. And other than that, John, Wellington this weekend. And that's it. Not much else. Get ready for put plenty of hair gel on this weekend. For the so, wind? Yeah, for the wind. Yeah, windy yeah. Wellington. Mm. I go to Wellington. I'm doing two hours work over two days. I had a guy this morning who's you know, supposed to do it. He's going to do a 5K time trial today and he's going to do it in the afternoon, but... As, as per usual with Wellington, gale force winds. So there's no point? So did it this morning. See, I'm doing it this morning. And not doing the race. How do you go? I'll, I've just seen the email. I'll go check his training picks. If, if you have the wind behind him, it would be a PB. Yeah, it would be. It's all about positioning, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? Um, you never got... That's it. Iron rusts. You said to us, we'll struggle to get some time out. We've got up to an hour and 30. Good. Iron rusts. <laughs> I mean, no, train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.